Dr. Mikol, thank you so much for making time to talk to us. Um, I wanted to talk to you about the future of gene therapies and eye diseases today because mm -hmm. of what you're doing here at uh, Columbia University. And we call it the Harkness Center, is that what we, is the correct yes. pronunciation? And the Seng Laboratory. Um, I'd like to start just very broad. Can you tell us what's the dream? What If everything comes to fruition over the next 20, 30 years, you know, what could the world look like when it comes to treating eye diseases? How, how different could it be? Uh, it's uh, a little bit different and difficult to uh, mm -hmm. say that, but uh, if the, everything is goes well, uh, in the future, uh, all the disease can be gone. So we are working in uh, different genes. Uh, most of them are inherited retinal disease in here with Dr. Seng. And uh, we have most of the uh, projects about the CRISPR. Yeah. Uh, so if CRISPR is use, uh, useful and if we are uh, able to uh, manage that, uh, in the future, many of the diseases are uh, not so. So every disease is potentially a target. It's not just one or two diseases. All of them are potential targets. Uh, it's also difficult to say that, but mm. uh, most of the genetic uh, diseases are in target. Yeah. But um, some of the disease not uh, correlated with the only genetics because yes. uh, environmental changes, for example, uh, foods or water or environmental yeah. uh, issues also cure the disease. And that's, as I understand, is that part of the epigenetics process, the environmental factors can be passed through and affect the DNA that way, uh, or is that really separate? It's just a combination of environmental factors over here, genetic factors can add up to a disease. Yes, uh, for example, if uh, you have a genetic disease potential, you need double uh, hit. Uh, one of them is your engine, yeah. and if you get a uh, second uh, hit, you have the disease. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, if you have a breast cancer uh, gene, and uh, if you use um, radioactive uh, things, and then it can be a cure more uh, potential. Yeah, yeah. And so it's not uh, only affect the genes, the disease. For mm -hmm. example, we have a patient, uh, it's nearly the same genetic type, uh, one of them is have the uh, disease, but brother hasn't got. Okay. But they are all the same gene. And is it difficult to determine the proportionality of how much is genetic and how much is non-genetic? Uh, it's difficult to say that, mm. but um, it's about the um, person's uh, person's uh, habits or personalities. Mm. Depends on most of them. Okay. Now, two of the big targets, I understand, are retinitis pigmentosa. Yes. And our big target is retinitis pigmentosa. Is that the biggest one? Is that your first priority or the, the easiest pathway? Or what, what's, what, where does that sit with the laboratory? Uh, it is easiest uh, disease because uh, you can manage the eye uh, outside and you can also uh, solve the uh, retina outside of the body. So okay. it can be easy to manage this disease. I see. So you can do more of the work outside, so in, in vitro, and then is that right? Is that what you yes, mean? Yes. Uh, also, we can uh, 
make some uh, supratrenal injections and we can see the effect uh, outside of the eye. Okay. So we don't have any other procedures or surgeries. Got it. But if you have any kidney problem, you need to open the kidney. Okay. But we don't need. <laughs> okay. So you can see the outside of the body, uh, retina with uh, some uh, instruments or some lenses. You mm -hmm. can see that. Mm -hmm. Because of that, it's easy to manage this kind of disease in CRISPR or gene therapies. So how far have we got in the laboratory now with your research with retinitis pigmentosa? Where are we at in terms of developing therapies? Uh, developing therapies uh, are... There is two different approach. One of them is gene specific. Uh, it says, or we say it's gene editing or prime editing. Mm -hmm. And the other ones are not uh, specific for the genes. It's uh, according to metabolism. If you change the cell's metabolism, it can be affect the uh, disease uh, uh, potential. Mm -hmm. For example, uh, some of the uh, papers says, uh, Retina use a uh, lactate instead of glucose. Mm -hmm. If we produce uh, much more lactose uh, lactate in uh, retina cells, it can be affect uh, uh, more um, effective. Uh, its uh, effectiveness is increasing. Mm -hmm. So we have two approaches. One of them is targeting the genes yep. and correct that gene, and the other one is. Uh, uh, make the cell more efficient to prevent the, uh, other cells. And so would those two approaches potentially be used in combination with a patient? Uh, not now, because uh, we don't have um, so much options. Mm -hmm. So we have um, then used the one way. For example, a metabolic approach, we use uh, only one uh, gene mm -hmm. uh, or um, vector, yeah. and the other approach is another uh, vector. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we don't use um, don't, You don't use them in combination. I Maybe see. in future it can yeah. be, but not now. Yeah, yeah. And the, the current experiments are they in mice or what? What's the? Uh, it depends on the project. Uh, most of them are mice mm -hmm. uh, or cell cultures. Uh, if they are um, successful and then it can be used in humans. Mm -hmm. For example, as I said before, uh, RP65 has a, a gene therapy now, mm -hmm. uh, which is called, can I say that, Luxturna. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can be uh, used in this kind of patients. Okay. Uh, if I'm not misremember, there are six or seven patients has got the treatment. When did that start? Is that just the last couple of years? Or, or? Uh, I think uh, two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. So we're in the very beginnings yes. of this process. And we'll be watching those six or seven patients, I guess, over the next few years to see what the results are like. Or do we have an early indication of... Uh, I don't know the yeah. exact position, yeah. but um, it's a long way. Yeah. Because yeah. we uh, firstly create a gene or mm. um, guide RNA to... Uh, targeting the gene, mm -hmm. and we test them the safety, efficacy, and other things in the cells and the mouse. After that, if it can be successful, yeah. uh, we um, do the trials in humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I read the press releases for the or um, Dr. Singh's comments publicly, it sounds like you're very optimistic for the long term that you'll have a range of tools. 
um, yes. which will turn into therapies. It's really just a matter of time and um, hard work, I guess, and yes. trials. Would that be fair? Or do you see any substantial gaps in the science where you're not certain? Uh, we need time, uh, firstly, mm. because um, it's not um, done like a magic. Yeah. So we need time. Also, uh, we have some guess or hypothesis, but sometimes it doesn't uh, work. Yeah. So <laughs> if everything is goes, uh, we need time. Also, we need um, new uh, scientific um, methods or uh, machines. For example, uh, when you are in a cave, you need a, a tool to make the circle or um, wheel. Yeah. If you make the wheel, and then you need some other tools. So it goes developing, developing, developing. Yeah. So, so we need some developments. So it's trial and error, and then you're discovering new problems as you go that yes. you've got to solve and, and go from there. Uh, now, the other one is that comes up a lot, and it's obviously very debilitating, is macular degeneration. Mm -hmm. So where are we at with that? What kind of experiments are going on? Uh, I don't have so much idea okay. because we are working in retinitis pigmentosa. Yeah. Uh, but um, when we work in this area, the other colleagues are uh, working this kind of things. Mm -hmm. So um, I think they have some improvements, but um, I don't know the exactly what's ongoing. Are there particular diseases which, like RP, are, uh, lend themselves to experimentation. Are there uh, other early targets for you that you'd say would they be next for us to, to go after? Uh, I didn't understand. Well, um, if we look at all the possible uh, diseases or maladies of the eye, <laughs> are there others that stand out as being um, easier targets from a science point well, of view? Yes. Uh, the recessive uh, genetic tar uh, diseases are the most popular because okay. there is two couple of uh, gene uh, strain or so DNA strain. Uh, recessive ones has only one uh, couple, uh, only one uh, target. So it's be more um, easy to manage that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the next target or next easy targets are recessive uh, genetic disorders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So just looking at the future, when when these therapies do mature, as they probably will, into not really off-the-shelf therapies, but therapies that are routinely used. Mm -hmm. It's within, I guess, the hospital context, isn't it, mostly? So there, it'd be a, a patient going in for an operation. I use the term gene surgery now. I've seen that term being used. So it sounds like you go in, have the therapy. Um, perhaps the hospital stay is a matter of days. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm trying to paint a picture of what the experience might look like in future for having, say, RP therapy to... to uh, nowadays, it's not so easy because, mm -hmm. first of all, uh, you need to enroll the trials. Uh, and if you are eligible to do, do this test or these trials, and then uh, we do uh, several tests before the treatment. Because we are need to understand you are eligible and uh, you need to these therapies. After wow. that, uh, we do the uh, injection or we use the therapeutic on you. Mm -hmm. After that, we need to um, understand its safety and efficacy. So you have to came here several times. Right. Uh, it um, depends on the study, but 
uh, every month or maybe every three or three two months yeah. you came here and uh, checked uh, the um, tests. Okay. After that, uh, I think two or three years later, it can be occur in your um, retina. Uh, and that's the time it takes to grow enough cells. Uh, not to grow three. enough cells, but uh, it's time to uh, regenerate or it's time to integrate the AAV vector in your retina cells. And uh, it's mm, like a mm, COVID. It's uh, past one cell and after cell and other cell. So it takes time. Interesting. That's I did not know that at all. In my head, I'm thinking of oncology and CAR T-cell therapies, which are all about very fast processes of adapting the immunotherapies to uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> attack the wrong type of cells and get rid of them really quickly, sometimes in a matter of days. But you're talking about a different process. We're talking about starting a growing process, I guess, at the back of the retina. Yes, because uh, retina cells are not uh, a reproduction. So there is some cells and there isn't any reproduction. Okay. So we involve these cells. But for example, blood cells are reproduction. Yes. So if you uh, correct one cell, it reproduces the other ones. Yeah. But uh, in retina cells, doesn't reproduce. The main problem is that if the retina cells is died, it's died. Got it. Got so it. we try to manage before they died. And when we correct one cell, it's correct the other cell. And then it goes like that. So help me understand that mechanism of correcting one cell and then it corrects the next cell, the adjacent cell. How does that happen in a biological Not like that, but uh, we give the um, AV vector to subretina. Yeah. And the AV vector is close to one cell and uh, correct uh, this cell. Yeah. If we correct one cell, it uh, uh, prevents the other cells. Because uh, if your neighbor is died, uh, the um, next uh, cell is affecting uh, that one. Got it. Okay. So if uh, your neighbor is doesn't, it doesn't die and live, and uh, it's uh, prevent your cell and the other cell. Yeah. And yeah. it goes like that. Wow. Okay. But not reproduction. <laughs> okay. Well, that's very different to what I imagine. So thank you for that. Yeah. Very interesting. So um, just getting back to the present day, uh, what? Um, what does the lab look like? How many people are here? Give us a sense of the um, the, the the partnerships and the the uh, effort here. In our lab, uh, Doctor Sang's lab, I think we have twelve people, mm -hmm. and uh, also there is some PhD students, uh, postdoc researchers, and all of them are, I think twelve. So uh, we are working different projects. Uh, as I said before, we have two different approaches. Yeah. Uh, some teams uh, working in uh, metabolism uh, way, and yeah. the other ones are uh, working in gene therapy or yeah. gene editing. Yeah. And we have uh, more than ten uh, projects mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and working that. And what about your personal journey? Um, you're Turkish by background, is yes. that right? And so your undergrad and your initial graduate studies were in Turkey? Or? Yes, yeah. uh, I'm from Turkey and I'm graduate in medical school nearly uh, 15 years ago. Right. And after that I go to the residency for ophthalmology and I graduated I think 10 years ago. 
And was there a particular interest in, or a particular reason for your interest in ophthalmology as a pathway? Uh, I like, uh, how can I say, uh, engineering. Before, yeah. when I'm a childhood, uh, I want to be an engineer. But uh, I took the other ways and I became a doctor. And then I decided that I can do engineering and doctor in this field. Combine them. Yes. Bioengineering. Combine bioengineering. Yeah. And also my wife is genetic doctor also. Okay. And so um, in Turkey we have maybe you know uh, Turkish populations have so many consequences in marriage. So we have many uh, this kind of patients. Okay. Uh, after my uh, wife is graduate uh, genetic doctors. Uh, field, uh, I sent my patients to her, to genetic um, diagnosis. After that, it came to here. Fascinating. It's the difference too. Yeah, no, it's an interesting story. Has anybody inspired you in particular? Because this is hard work. It requires a lot of innovation. You know, in this journey of study and development for yourself, anyone in particular inspired you? Uh, um, maybe Dr. Sengs, because I follow him uh, before I came here, mm -hmm. uh, he has many awards and many projects in this field. And also, uh, maybe you know, the um, two years ago, Nobel goes to the CRISPR-Cas9. Yeah. So it inspires me and I'm here. Jennifer Doudner and uh, yes. Emmanuel Charpentier. Yes. Incredibly inspiring. Yes, it's a big um, improvement in this field. Yeah. Because... Uh, you have to change the genes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Also, it's uh, developing uh, so fast. For example, first time, uh, like a um, pen and pencil, you write the genes. Yeah. Now we type writer. Yes. Maybe in future, it can be goes to computer. Yeah. And it's developing and developing. <laughs> so lastly, um, Given that I'm presenting to audiences, just lay people all over the world, ordinary people, any particular things they should be watching for or any advice you'd give them as to where they can monitor progress? I um, mean, the science journals are very difficult for people. I guess it's just a matter of monitoring the news. But what would you be doing if you um, wanted to monitor progress? Uh, in ordinary people, it can be difficult mm. because if you don't read the publishing papers and scientific papers, it's difficult. Maybe you can um, uh, see in newspapers or news, but sometimes it can be not so true. Yeah. Uh, so it's difficult it's to very difficult. say. Read the science magazines or, or whatever. So, um, look, I think that's about wraps up from a formal interview point of view. Thank you, um, Dr. Demirko. That has been a privilege for me. and. It's such an important area. There are so many people that um, are completely debilitated by eye diseases and both RP and AMD. So um, any progress we make here is really important. It'll change so many lives. So Yes, if you change one life, it changes a lot. Definitely. So for their family or their neighborhood. Indeed. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome.